and the unbelieving God. You govern all things, both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our time, grant us your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Everybody, please pray with me. Reach out your hands and let's pray for these young people. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would watch over and keep every one of these young hearts and minds as you fill them, Lord, with your love and with your strength and with your courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Our first reading comes from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hear now what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O you mountains, the Lord's complaint, and you strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a complaint against his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? And how have I wearied you? Testify against me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of bondage. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counseled. And what Balaam, the son of Baor, answered him. From Acacia Grove to Gilgal. That you may know the righteousness of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 15. We'll respond responsibly by the half verse. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness. And speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor. Nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not shame. 
He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, will be forever. Second reading comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, starting at verse 2. To the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless, in the day of the Lord our Christ Jesus. God is faithful, by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when when they revile and persecute you. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ.
I love this uh, introduction in Corinthians that Paul uses because it so reminds me of who we are and what we're doing here. We're not uh, uh, the Kiwanis Club. We're not the Rotary Club. We're not any uh, do-gooder society, but we're the church. And we should take extreme pride in that, in my opinion. As we come together every week, we should remind ourselves the, uh, the infinite power that rests in Christ and, and that much of what he does, he does through that mechanism, that wonderful living uh, church, the people of God. So Paul writes continually throughout his ministry trying to define and further uh, delineate who makes up the church and the, the, the components of a, a Christian life. And over and over we see the emphasis that is lived out in his, he's literally a living epistle as it entails us laying down our lives for others. And that's the basic ministry that Christ as well came to do. To the church of God, which is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ and called to be saints. There's a, uh, there's a definite differentiation we see here. Uh, at the very least, we have to surmise that our, some people are not going to be called. Now, I think that God wishes that all men would be saved, but you have to be receptive to the gospel. That's the amazing, unique, and uh, big boy part of that whole equation, is you have to receive him as your Lord and Savior. He doesn't you hog down, hog tie you. I remember when I was growing up, there were certain things that... Uh, I was made to do for my own good. One, brushing your teeth. <laughs> if you don't brush your teeth, then you won't have any teeth to brush. Well, in the same sense in our, in, in our, in our spiritual life, Christ is looking in every way to see us come into all that we can be, and he raises up these wonderful uh, people of God to assist us in doing that. And if you, uh, you can take a moment right now just to turn the person on your left and say good morning. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you for being here and to being a part of my life. You know, um, I can't imagine what life would be without the church. It says that we're called to be saints with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul begins his instruction once again by offering peace and by offering the demonstration 
that that's what Christ is all about. And if you remember back in your own life, if you had in, in, a, in an adult uh, conversion or even reconversion, I don't know how many I had, but uh, there was always this tremendous peace that passes all understanding that came upon me when I got it right with the Lord and I received him more fully into my life. And I think any of you that have uh, done that, some people, you know, my daughter Jessica, she, uh, her testimony, she never didn't know Jesus. And what a, what a wonderful thing that is. But for those of us who walked in hours from time to time that weren't close to him, we appreciate the infinite, infinite blessing that comes with receiving him fully into our lives. So how are we enriched in such an amazing way? I would respond, if not Superman-type qualities, certainly David-type qualities. So I want to speak this morning a little bit about David and who he was and what made him so remarkable in the eyes of the Lord. And what a tremendous example as we look at David and other heroes in God's Word that we can look and study for unique characteristics, types, uh, profiles that would only cause us to be bigger and stronger in our Christian warrior role. In Psalm 115, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent, who may live on your holy mountain? David is viewing in his introduction here this presence that God has throughout the whole world. The tent denotes versus the temple or, or, or the, the, a building that God is on the move, that he's everywhere, always, and he's fluid, and he's wanting to engage. Uh, once again, a dynamic living quality to our God versus, uh, you know, a clockmaker. That's not a clockmaker. But he's intimately involved with the the activator in that whole process being you and your desire to know him. He won't he'll nudge <laughs> and he'll work exceedingly hard to get us to be what he knows we're capable of being. But he won't uh, go against your will. He made us free will beings. And so that means, it's like a two-edged sword. It means that as you give up your will for his, you create a much stronger alliance. You activate that love that's inside God so much more towards you and towards what you're trying to do in and through your life. 
<coughs> and in the same way, when you back off, when you back off, he allows you to do that. Otherwise, it's just a setup deal. Not effective at all for what he's trying to do in our lives. Because he knows that if he, over, given over a lifetime, if we cooperate with him, remember that word we used about a month ago, it was up here. <laughs> if we cooperate with him, <coughs> he will continually cause us to grow into him. So sure of God's commitment to our belief in him and his inner strength working through us is David so sure that he routinely defeats wild animals as large as a bear (coughs) as a small child. Listen to that again. He's so sure of God's commitment to our belief in him and his inner strength working through us is David that he routinely defeats wild animals as large as bear. And so this produces this amazing story that we all learn in Sunday school where David hears about uh, Goliath. And uh, he says, this is absolutely ridiculous. Rolls into town, goes up to the battle. And he said, what, what, what is, what's the stall here? <laughs> and... Uh, his brothers, of course, are humiliated momentarily because the scrawny of all of them is David, and uh, they're just beyond themselves. And David uh, starts to put on the armor. Of course, the armor doesn't fit because he's a little guy in the big armor from the big... He, but the armor of God that David relied upon was the characteristic that we want to apprehend in our life, Chris, right? And it was inside of them. And he said, I don't care about this armor. This is, this is it's ridiculous. Who can stand before God? And so the faith that's inside of him becomes his strength, and he goes out and with a stone defeats the giant. And I prayed many times in my life, Lord, oh, that I could have uh, the faith, (coughs) the faith of a David to defeat giants. A shepherd boy who goes out to represent his entire nation and is able to conquer. David had a view 
It began from a view of God. He was taught the same thing his brothers were taught. Went to the same church. Same doctrine, I'm sure. What did David have that these other brothers didn't? Something that's freely given. Something any one of us can acquire. It's free. What David had was an unbelievable view, not of himself. See, what did he say? had nothing to do with his abilities. Who could stand before our God? They obviously don't know who our God is. (coughs) Do we know who our God is? Doing very little on our own, we're unusually often blessed and rewarded for calling upon his name. He's wanting to help. He's waiting to help. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall rise up with wings as an eagle. I don't know that passage. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And so with the context of remaining in him, of working on our lives to develop a closer relationship with him, through a cooperative effort, we should become stronger and stronger and stronger in spiritual things, especially. You know, I, I came into this church <clears throat> quite differently than most of you. Um, came in very needy. Thought I had the world uh, by the tail and uh, found out I didn't. But, But your remedy, those of you who were there back then, your remedy were belief in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. It's the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us. We're we're a spirit-filled people. And uh, <clears throat> so I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
but not my own strength, but in strength of the resurrected Christ. Do we call upon his name in times of need? I wish you would. I honestly wish you would. And I can absolutely guarantee you, at my point in my life, I do very diligently because that's where the fruit of the relationship culminates. As we try and minister to others, just as we were ministered to, no greater, greater um, methodology can we use than to invoke the name of Jesus and to cause those to Respond to the words of a Savior. No, he's wanting to help. He's waiting to help. And he's prepared to help. Who is the one who God wants to invest in? David is determined it's the one who is blameless and a righteous man. And he's so determined that as we seek those as our goals, that God will continue to use us and use us mightily. We don't know when David wrote the song. So we don't know whether it precluded his um, good days or his bad days. The days where he shined as the man of faith or the days that his faith fell apart and he became quite carnal. But not knowing when he wrote it, we can be so assured still of the power of the words that he speaks to us through this. Because of God's endorsement of him, which I'll get to in a minute. David, perhaps like no man, understands God's favor. He knows who he is. He knows the sins he's committed. And yet he has this utter belief in God, in God's love for him and us, and his forgiving nature. He surely understands God's favor. After all the messes he's been involved in, many by his own creation, he must possess one unbelievable and radical faith in God and in God's forgiveness. 
And this faith must extend to God granting favor, privileges, and power to sinners like himself. Tell you what, he was like a yo-yo. <laughs> the number of times he was king, he's not he's king, he's not he's not. Yet always knowing the key to God's heart. Throughout time, Bible scholars have always referred to the heart that David possessed. Scripture teaches he was the man whose heart was often 100% for God. 1 Kings 14.8, speaking of David, the Lord states, I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, but you've not been like my servant David, who kept my commands, who followed me with all his heart, doing only what was right in my eyes. Now, any of us who know the story of David knows that's an interesting interpretation, perhaps an embellishment. Uh, considering the source, though, I'm quite good with it. And perhaps that's how the Lord views you. Perhaps the Lord that's how the Lord views me. God, I hope so. I would love to be the delight of God's eye. And when you study the Character, and he was a character. This David, you really begin to appreciate the forgiving nature of God and what a, what a big, big uh, fan he is of your journey, of mine, of how wanting he is to reach out and help us, to pick us up when we stumble and we fall. You begin to understand almost the intimate moment-to-moment relationship he desires with each and every one of us. That's one of the hardest of theological questions that I've never, ever been able to deal with that. How does he take of all of us simultaneously? But he does. I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and I gave it to you. But you've not been like my servant David who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart. doing only what was right in my eyes. You see, we can, we can blow it, and we do. But the place that God is really looking and watching 
in the place that we have tremendous ability to improve our state in that relationship with the Lord is working on our heart. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord as God, as the heart of David, his father, had been. What made David this uh, the only one Scripture ever referred to? to as having a heart after God, or a heart of God, David. And yet he had all the flaws that we all had. He did some of the dumb stuff that we've done. He had a heart. And so... Here again, we're right on the cusp of the Lenten season. That'd be a fun project to work on during Lent. My heart. And I intend to. Just as soon as the Super Bowl is over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please stand. <laughs> work on your heart this Lenten season. continue as we acclaim who we are as a people. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, since Jesus took on our humanity in every way, except for sin, he is familiar with our needs. Therefore, let us bring our cares and those of the whole world to him, that the church, like Simeon, will proclaim Jesus as Messiah, the Savior of all creation. Lord, in your mercy.
that the powerful and influential of the world will hear God's call to be peacemakers. Lord, in your mercy, that God's people will seek justice and mercy by working to defend the poor, the defenseless, and the unborn. Lord, in your mercy, that the name of the Lord will be glorified by our words and deeds. Lord, in your mercy, that we, as well as future generations, will walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit and be empowered by the gifts of, of the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy, that world religions and philosophies in opposition to the word of God will recognize and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Lord, in your mercy, that artists, authors, and producers will dedicate their talents to glorifying God and encouraging the hearts and minds of mankind for good. Lord, in your mercy. priest has overcome the consequences of sin, and so we have access to your heavenly throne. Hear our prayer. Give us the grace to see others with your eyes. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. You know, I see a lot of friendly, good-looking people out there. Turn to your neighbor and meet one. All right, our announcements. We have our youth retreat this week, winter youth retreat, from the uh, 2nd through the 4th. If you have not gotten that together, uh, please check with Thomas Batterton. He's right in the back there. Par- uh, Pancake Supper is coming up. That's coming up really soon, sooner than what you think. And it's up here at Parish Hall, 630 on the 21st. If you're interested in helping out, see Michael House. We really have liked the change that, uh, that has occurred uh, with the houses uh, handling Pancake Supper. Please come to that. Ash Wednesday is uh, coming up shortly. Uh, do we have it? Yes, we do. We have the slide up there. Check the slide. And then men's meeting the, on the 18th at 9 a.m. See Father Lewis if you have any questions. Finally, praise dance. If any of you are interested in doing praise dance, See Bethany Johnson. She will be, or Beth, God, Bethany Johnson, Bethany Mercer. <laughs> Bethany Mercer. Please see Bethany Mercer, and she will. She's very excited about making that happen. Let us continue with our tithes and offerings. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us, together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And do not neglect to do good 
and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love him, for those who want to love him even more. So come if you have much faith, come if you have little. Come if you've been here often or you who've not been here long. You've tried to follow and you who failed, you come because it's the Lord who invites you. It's his will that those who want him should meet him here, come to the table. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death, and he's called us to the glory that's made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people set apart. Everywhere we'll proclaim your mighty works, for you call us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Later, when supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ Christ has died. Christ Christ is is risen, and Christ Christ will will come come again. again. In memory of his death and resurrection, 
We offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of the clergy. Remember especially those for whom we pray. Susan, Naomi, Sonja, Sandra, Karen, Jim, Tammy, David, Neil, Nancy, Jerry, the Marines and sailors at Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve our nation around the world. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken as we receive the body and blood of Jesus. May we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage when we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. <laughs> o Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper.
accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, a prince of the heavenly host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world himself, not counting men's sins against them. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.